Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, and Rumble. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. I'm, I'm getting out soon. All we know is what we've been. Maxine, table eight. Mom, ask Dad for the money. I'll handle it. I need money, Tyler. Maybe if you let me see him, I might be a little more generous. All we know is what we've been told. In the time I have left, I would like to spend it with you. I'll do it on one condition. You pay me rent. God, you're still so beautiful. You're a tenant. That's it. It'll be passed down to generations to come. It's been ages since I've seen this place. Let's dump. Filled with bad memories. I'm not that guy anymore. From the fathers, right down to the sun. <laughs> I'm tired of being picked on all the time. I'm gonna take you somewhere. You always have to protect yourself. Big Daddy Bulldog's in town, huh? Think that's a good idea? You're an addict, Tyler. I'm gonna ask you one last time. Or what? Don't come in here now like you're some hero, because you're not. You can't stop me from seeing him. No? Watch me. I promise I will never let them harm you again. I know none of this will make up for who I was or what I did. But let me be your father for once. Stop it! Get over here! Why did you go to jail? Which time? Wait, how many times did you go to prison? More than I care to remember. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 541. Releasing June 30 in theatres across the US is Prisoner's Daughter, a drama that stars Kate Beckinsale as a struggling single mother who reluctantly agrees to house her cancer-stricken estranged father, played by Brian Cox, who has just served 12 years in prison. Featuring terrific performances from Brian Cox and Kate Beckinsale, Prisoner's Daughter is a heartbreaking drama about love, redemption, and sacrifice, and also marks the latest film from director Catherine Hardwick, who I'm glad to say joins me now on the podcast. Catherine, how are you today? Hey, I'm great. Thank you. It was a pleasure to to watch Prisoner's Daughter, and it's a pleasure to say the words out in theatres, because I think character-driven dramas like Prisoner's Daughter, unfortunately, to the, to, you know, to 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 the loss of a lot of people. It isn't played enough in theatres right now. I think the cinema that I grew up on, the cinema that I adored and I learned from, were the, these type of character-driven dramas um, that used to be much more on there, but now since the time of streaming and TV, it's uh, unfortunately gone the other way. What, why is why do you think it is, number one, that cinema has gone the way that it is and people look for more, uh, as, look for more escapism as opposed to 
um, reflections of their own lives in society. And uh, is it a hope that hopefully we'll get more movies like this in the cinema? Because I think it's important that this does happen. Right. Well, I feel like maybe partly, of course, during the pandemic, everybody was a bit closed into their house and uh, uh, a lot of negative thoughts were going on. So the escapism was important, like, let's do something fun. Let's get out of our real world. Um, And that means you're not really reflecting like a movie like this. Uh, on some of the deeper things that are going on. So I love the idea, like you said, I hope there can be more of a balance, you know, where you can have your choice of getting something that's, you know, touches you, gets into your heart, you know, makes you rethink your own relationships with your friends and family. And what can you do to leave a legacy (laughs) that's maybe better than what you've got? Like that, I think that's what Brian Cox is doing. He does. He's had time in prison to reflect on what he did, and now he wants to really reconnect and change the narrative, <laughs> change, um, make a big change in his daughter's life, physically and emotionally. Speaking of Brian, he's undergoing this really late career resurgence right now, which to me is just absolutely fascinating to watch because he's one of those actors, which was, I'm sure, like yourself, um, we've kind of grown up with him. We've seen him in so many performances and do so many things. The role that he has here as Max, I think, is one of the best that he's done. And why I say that is because you see the the Brian Cox-isms, I guess you could say, the sort of like the 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 uh, the rough sides of, of, him, of his personality, but there's a sensitivity to the character as well that you don't see Brian do so much of, which I think is just absolutely heartbreaking in this movie. What was the experience of like working with him um, in this film, because as I said, this late resurgence plus the weight of a legacy that he has behind him as well, I'm sure it would have been just absolutely um, remarkable to work with an actor like that um, in a film that is so intimate um, as, as this one. Yes, I mean, first of all, what a privilege to be able to work with him, and he has a beautiful body of work, and of course, dazzling in succession. But this had a whole different layer. You know, this had a man that has had 15, 12 years in prison to reflect on things and to transform. You know, he gets sober. He's now kind of a mentor to his cellmate and other people in the prison love him. He's now going back to kind of take what he's learned and change. So he has to be patient. Like you say, in heartbreaking moments when the daughter is so negative toward him. I don't even want my son to know that you're my father. I, you know, stay in your room. Don't eat with us. Don't come out of the room. I'd rather you be locked away. It's purely a financial reason. But he takes that, you know, he doesn't lash out. He accepts that and he finds ways to slowly chip away at that and prove to her that he deserves love and respect and that he does love her. So it's amazing to see how he calibrates that. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you will love. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Amazon, the world's leading online store. Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, 
Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. And Kate Beckinsale as well, I think is terrific in the movie. And the interesting thing about her career is that I think a lot of people, when they hear Kate Beckinsale, they think the action hero and all those kind of films. They forget about the the Kate Beckinsale who was in the Wit Stillman movies and you know Last Days of Disco, the dramatic actress who started her career and such. And so when I see you know, her in roles like Maxine in your movie, it's a really refreshing kind of reminder of just how how much of a great dramatic actress she is as well. What was it like working with her in the movie? Yes, I mean, I had seen recently Farming, the movie where she plays a very different character that you, nothing like Kate Beckinsale. So that really like opened my eyes and reminded me of, like you said, of her past work. And I thought she, it'll be so fascinating to see her strip down away from the action hero and just be very uh, grounded and real. And she was very excited about doing that too. She had a lot of ideas for the character. You know, she really worked hard on the clothing, the place, you know, that it would be the right economic level for her. The fact that she had once been a dancer in, in Vegas, but that dream ended when she got pregnant and, you know, kind of aged out maybe of that dream. And so now she's just doing everything she can to concentrate on protecting her kid and providing him a life that she didn't have. So working with Kate, you know, she got very deep into all of that, but I love what she did. You know, she brought something amazing and she and Brian together, you know, and her perform her work with um, Christopher Convery, her son, is beautiful too. Christopher is a terrific young actor. I, I've seen him recently in a, another film called um, uh, Pinball, The Man Who Invented the Game. He was fantastic in that film too. He's one of those young actors I think has really got a really, really bright future ahead of him. What's interesting about his actor, uh, his character of Ezra, though, is that when it comes to Kate's character, she kind of like has this trio of um, of men in her life, this kind of like spectrum of of, of, of manhood that goes through the, kind of like the whole kind of like the the whole the whole, like I said, the whole spectrum of the of that uh, 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 gender. Um, when it comes to the notion of manhood in your movie, the male influences not only on this boy's life but in the Maxine's life as well. Um, what type of discussions do you have with your screenwriter? Do you have with your actors in regards to approaching that topic particularly? Because I think that's a really kind of important um, subject that's centered to the to this story. Yes, I think that's um, really important. And in fact, with the screenwriter. When I first got the screenplay, her ex-husband wasn't um, really very developed. He didn't have a job or profession or any goals. or any. I said, let's really make him more human. You know, he is, this is a very human story of a person that he probably had, you know, our backstory that Tyson Ritter and I had, he had an abusive father too. He didn't know how to parent either, didn't know how to control his anger. Some people, unfortunately, he says it in the movie. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be an addict. You know, he's struggling himself, but he does, you want to feel he does love his son. He wants to teach his kid to play drum. He does have a connection. So uh, that was one of the things to show a person uh, in that situation that they're, you know, the humanity of that person, the humanity of the 
father. And of course, you know, Brian is trying so hard to do the right thing now to in some way make up for all that time lost, you know, all the patterning that he didn't, he wasn't there. He didn't give Kate, you know, any guidance or good role model. I mean, he realizes that when he looks around the house, how did you get in such a bad state? Well, I didn't have anybody else. Didn't exactly have a good example giving me advice, you know, and he sees like the damage on the walls and things. It's very physical for him. Uh, you know, the film is shot and set in Las Vegas, but it's the other side of Vegas. When people okay. think Las Vegas, they think the glitz and glamour and, you know, MGM, Frank Sinatra, all that kind of stuff. This is like the other st- st- side of the track, so to speak. Um, what was it like filming there in, in Las Vegas and finding the right location to film in as well? Because that house is such an incredibly important set piece because it's almost kind of like a portal to the past. There's a scene where Brian Cox's character, kind of when he first returns to the house, he walks through the different rooms and he has flashbacks and such. It feels like that place is such a lived-in place. Um, I'm fascinated to know about how do you go about um, finding a place like that um, that you know will fit the characters in the story. Well, that's a good <laughs> good story because I um, in Vegas, you know, there's a lot of remodeling has happened lately. So the whole goal was to find a house that could not maybe had not been remodeled in 35 years because we have to believe that Kate's character grew up in that house and it had they haven't had the money to change it. So literally there are only a few neighborhoods in Vegas that even fit that, that were built back in the day. And I personally <laughs> knocked on the doors of the houses that looked like they had been remodeled. I was a bit scared. I would knock on the door and then step back in case somebody would come out with a gun. Mm. And then I would ask people, can I see the inside of your house? Make sure they hadn't remodeled it. And that house uh, was kind of perfect. It had been kind of frozen in time. And I convinced the owner, let us move it out. Let us declutter your life. Marie Kondo, your place. And then, you know, the floor was the floor, the carpet, everything. We didn't have to change a lot of stuff. It was really there. It had really soaked up years of um, tobacco stains and wear and tear. And so it it felt real because it was real. Um, The final question. This is a story about redemption. It's a story about trying to right the wrongs of the past. And it's really interesting in the last few years, redemption seems to be a uh, something that a lot of people don't have patience for anymore. People just want to snap to judgment. People just want to, um, uh, what's, a, what's a word they use now, uh, cancel one another, even though people might want to move, um, try to redeem themselves in, in a certain way. Do you think that we as a society have moved beyond redemption or do you think that um, there is still that kernel, there is still that that need for that to be around because I'm a person who strongly believes in second chances, in redemption, so that the maxes of the world can um, find themselves um, in a situation where they can help out society, where they can help out their families, where they can, they can help themselves. Because I think it's a very relevant and a very important thing for people to be able to do. I agree with you. And I feel like, you know, we have those stories where people are canceled and then um, there is a moment in some people's trajectory where we feel them opening up and trying to, you know, tell the world their side of the story, which is also very compelling, you know, when you find out 
oh my God, you know, what it would have been like to go through that. So I hope that there are going to be the reverse of the cancel and the reverse that trend that people are going to start feeling the humanity of the person that did make a mistake. And if they sincerely in their heart can find a way to change, you know, so that's what I hope this offers, you know, in a way, the fact that Max really did find a way to be some do something meaningful and good in his daughter's life and his grandson's life, physically changing the house or then physically repairing things and emotionally providing that love and that that closure, like at the swimming pool scene where they actually just get to laugh and have fun together, you know, as a family. Well, it's a beautiful movie. And for everyone out there listening, June 30 in theaters across the U.S., Prisoner's Daughter, I encourage everyone to go out there, watch this movie, buy a ticket, watch it in theaters. The more people that watch movies like this, the bigger of a message you send to studios, to distributors that we want movies like this in a theater. I think it's incredibly important that um, people do buy tickets to see a film like Prisoner's Daughter because the everything from the performances to the things I think are, are incredibly moving and vital. And it's a terrific film, Catherine. I think it's one of the best films that you, um, you put out there. And I thank you so much for your time today. And best of luck with the film's release this week. I hope it goes really well for you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for your thoughtful questions and uh, opinions and reflections. I appreciate it.